Welcome to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Over the next hour, you're going to learn how to lead more efficiently and effectively in a post-pandemic world where the workplace has changed dramatically. Now, here's Monique. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here today. For those of you who have not listened before, I'm your host, Monique. So thank you very much for tuning in. Today I'm doing a solo show and I do solo shows at times based on feedback that I receive and very specific requests for certain topics. So today I'm responding to some feedback from listeners who said they want to know more about how to deal with change in the workplace. Whether you're a senior leader, a hiring manager, or an individual contributor, you'll really want to tune in today for an informational episode about change in the workplace. And through case studies today, we'll uncover the five stages of change or grief, behaviors and skills to help you become a change agent in your organization, and best practices to implement seamless change in your organization. We'll also be taking some questions from listeners And you can email me those questions at monique at mdconsultingglobal.com. That's also how you can reach out to me for the tools that I'll be talking about today. Now, the title of this episode is Not Adapting to Change Will Get You Fired. And it's true. It happens all the time. Change is happening at lightning speed in organizations. And you have to be able to adapt. Companies need to change. They need to change, they need to innovate, or they get left behind by the competition. So you need to be able to flex and be supportive and accept the ambiguity that comes along with that. Employees need to learn the skills to adapt to those changes. If you cannot adjust, then you need to leave. That really is the bottom line. But most likely, the same thing will happen to you at the next company. So make the decision right now to shift your mindset and learn the skills, which is what I'm hoping to help you with today. If you're a leader, some of the benefits for you for learning how to deal with change is that if you are training and mentoring your teams on how to adjust to change that will show senior leaders that you are supportive of what's happening in the organization. You'll be able to create an agile team and you'll be called upon with new and exciting projects because you and your team will be known as the group that can adjust to change and adapt. If you're an individual or a direct report, you will be learning new skills And those skills will get you promoted and not fired. So let's jump into this. Now, there are what is called the five stages of grief or change. And that was coined by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. She identified these five different stages of grief. And I'm going to go through these with you. And as I talk through these, think about the people on your team who might be going through some of these changes. See if you can identify some of these changes and some of these behaviors that 
people who you know at work might be going through. The first one is denial. So usually when a big change happens at work, the people who have trouble handling it, it usually shows up as denial, usually begins with shock or a refusal to accept reality. Initially, denial is necessary because it protects us from being overwhelmed. So it consists of avoidance, confusion, maybe fear. So you might be able to point to someone who you know who's going through something like that or who has gone through it when change has occurred. Anger is usually the next behavior. That comes in the form of frustration and even panic or anxiety. Bargaining is the third behavior. This is a way that people can find meaning or get validation by reaching out to others or telling their story or venting to other people. This is really common in teams when big changes take place. You'll find little clicks of people starting to really talk about it and venting to each other. And then depression is the next stage in the five stages stages of change. This can manifest as an overwhelming sensation, um, hostility or flight. A lot of people quit companies at this point because they're going through that stage of, of change. Acceptance is the final stage. And this is a period of exploration. Maybe people are putting a new plan in place for themselves. They're moving on. They're really starting to accept the new way, the new ways of things that are going on in the company, the new changes. So it's important to realize that people go through these stages at different rates. And if you're a leader, this is going to be really important. We'll talk more about this throughout this episode, but going through these stages at different rates helps people accept and even thrive during and after workplace ambiguity. So you have to really realize that if you're running a team, everyone's going to be experiencing these five behaviors at different times, and it's not linear. They don't necessarily go through these in the order that I read them to you. They might jump from bargaining down to acceptance and maybe back to depression. And then anger might come in at any point. So that's something to also be aware of. Now, I want to take you through the story of Josephine and really help you to see the stages of change that she went through, the behaviors that she went through when she was dealing with change. And then we'll go back through and I will identify for you each of the five behaviors and when they happened for her. So Jennifer was a sales professional, a top performer actually in the pharmaceutical industry. And at the beginning of the year, some big changes took place in Josephine's company. Her boss, Debbie, who was the department VP and also Josephine's very good friend of 15 years, left the company. And Debbie was replaced by an interim VP, David. He was much younger than Debbie. And David brought in a vastly different culture to the company. Josephine 
who really liked structure, details, and information began to really panic as David implemented these changes. So she actually had several conversations with her former boss, Debbie, and she asked her to rethink her decision and come back to the company. And although Debbie informed her with every discussion that she had no intention of changing her mind, Josephine persisted for months. She spent hours reminiscing over what she considered the good times when Debbie was her boss and in charge. And she often thought, well, this can't be happening to me at this stage in my career. This is just devastating. And her peers seemed to be adjusting really well to the changes. But Josephine continued to really live in the past and reminisce about when she had her former boss. So over time, she developed some mild insomnia and daily headaches. She began to lash out at the interim VP, David. And she did this by ignoring his instructions, becoming argumentative, rebelling against his authority. Her sales dropped. And remember, she was a top performer, but she was no longer performing at her best. She became unsociable, unhappy, and she often complained. Now, after many months of declining health, uh, suffering relationships, Josephine began receiving some outside support. So because of her depression, she started seeing a therapist. She tapped into some of her close friends and family and began using them as a support system. And she soon realized that perhaps this change was a blessing. It was a chance for her to learn flexibility, to look at new possibilities. And David had created a few new positions in the company. Those were part of the changes that David implemented when he came in as interim VP. And Josephine started to think that she might be interested in one of those positions. She began to really look to the future and imagine some of the possibilities, like what would that be like if I took that new position? So she started to become clearer about her vision and continued accepting outside support and advice from her peers. After a time of doing a bit more inner work on herself, Josephine applied for that position that David had posted, and she was accepted for it. So she then began the transition into the new position. Well, that's a whole nother story because that created another series of changes for her. But let's stick to this one. My point is in telling you this story that if you're a manager, you need to be able to help your people through these phases of change. But first, you need to identify the changes. So the most important step you as a leader can take is to familiarize yourself with those changes right now. So I want to recap a little bit about this story 
and go through it and point out for you the exact behaviors that came up for Josephine as she was going through all these stages of change. Now, you remember me saying in the beginning that David was the new interim VP who came in and Josephine really liked structure and details. So at that point, she began to panic because she did not have the structure she needed and didn't have the information she needed to process all the changes. So her panic was a form of denial. That's one of the behaviors. And then she went on to have several conversations with Debbie, her previous boss, and asked her to return to the company and kept asking her for months. Again, this was denial. Josephine did not want to accept that her boss was gone and was not coming back. And even the the persistence over the months, this was bargaining. She, she really was trying to bargain with her former boss to come back. And she spent hours reminiscing about that. And then she even had some really negative self-talk. She was saying that this, this can't be happening to me. How can this be happening at my stage in at this stage in my career? That was denial. She just really was not able to accept what was happening. Well, then it got even worse because she had developed insomnia, headaches, and then she began to lash out at David by ignoring his instructions, arguing with him, becoming rebellious, her sales dropped. All of that was anger and depression. So she bounced through these various behaviors, these various stages of change, or as it's also called the five stages of grief, because that's truly what was happening. She was grieving the loss of something that she knew and something she was familiar with. And then toward the end of Josephine's story, she sought help, support. She began to think more about what her future could be like at work. And she started to explore the possibilities of a new position and she applied for it. So at that point, she was at acceptance. She had gone through all the phases of change and uh, all the behaviors. She had really experienced all five of those behaviors. So it's really important for you leaders out there to try to understand these phases of change and try to be able to identify them in yourself and in your people. Because anytime a change happens in your organization, your people will go through these behaviors to some extent or another. It will vary for each person. Now that you've heard Josephine's story and we've identified the five behaviors that are related to grief or change, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to answer a question that's come in. And then we'll talk about the skills and behaviors that are necessary to become a change agent in your company. And a change agent is someone that really embraces change and even goes after it. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. And that way you'll start learning the behaviors that you need for yourself as a leader to help your team. And you'll learn how to really train and mentor your team to deal with change. So 
Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. At MD Consulting, Executive Coach Monique Daigneault provides executive coaching to leaders struggling with workplace challenges and pain points. Unlike other coaching companies that use a Band-Aid approach, we have a specific set of tools and processes to thoroughly root cause and unpack a client's challenges. Our specialized method helps you implement measurable and sustainable solutions to enhance your leadership skills and develop your team. Visit www.mdconsultingglobal.com to book a complimentary breakthrough session. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it and profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one, hosted by Frank Hellring. We'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Are you a business owner, 1099 contractor, part-time employee, or volunteer who needs group health coverage you can actually afford? Do you know a nonprofit who would benefit from unlimited zero-cost funding? How about cost reduction, school safety, mental health wellness, and more? All these and more are fair game on finding certainty. If you want more certainty in your own life, you are not alone. Join us each Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Find your own brand of certainty and realize your personal American dream with Finding Certainty, hosted by Patrick Lang. Let's unwrap the certainty experience together. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. Welcome back to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Have a question for Monique or her guests? Email Monique at Monique at MDConsultingGlobal.com. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back. We're talking today about how to identify the stages of change your people might be going through when faced with a change at work. And before my next case study, I want to respond to a question that came in based on what I talked about in the previous segment. The question is, I can identify with the stage that my direct report is in. It's denial. But how do I support her? Well, first of all, congratulations on being able to identify the stage and to 
bring it to her attention is the next step for you. You really want to educate your people about these five behaviors, these five stages of change. So it's important that you bring this to her attention and then provide her with resources. So if you recall the case study of Josephine, she started to make her quickest improvement when she sought resources and reached out for support. So it's important that you provide resources for your people and provide encouragement. Now, there's also some behaviors you can implement, and we're going to go through that next in this segment. So you'll be able to understand the behaviors that you need to develop for yourself and then how you can train and mentor your team on those same behaviors. So let's talk about some of these skills to develop that will help you as a leader. These are behaviors and skills to help you become a change agent. And then I'll show you how one of my clients applied these skills with his team. So first of all, as I always talk about, and as I always coach my clients on, it all starts with you personally. So in the case of dealing with ambiguity and change in the workplace, you need to learn how to take care of yourself. So lots of self-care, whatever that means for you to avoid burnout. And I've done many, many episodes about self-care. I've written a lot of blogs and done a lot of really short videos on my YouTube channel regarding self-care and how to avoid burnout. So please reference some of those as resources, but that's the first step because change is exhausting. And if you're a leader supporting your team, it's twice as exhausting for you because you've got to support all these other people. Second, you need to familiarize yourself with the five stages of change that we went through in the first episode. Third, get out of your comfort zone on a regular basis. And I mean proactively. Don't wait until change happens to throw you out of your comfort zone. Do it proactively. Do things that are new and uncomfortable for you. That will increase your tolerance for change. Now, I've spoken about this before also. I've done a whole episode about getting out of your comfort zone, and I've been interviewed as a guest on other people's shows about getting out of your comfort zone. And these are things that you need to be doing on a regular basis, either in small ways or very large ways to build up your tolerance for change. So that's the third behavior that you need to work on. Fourth, Shift your mindset about change. So change is not a bad thing. It is an opportunity. And that is how you have to look at it. You have to learn to see the big picture. And if you are afraid of change in your organization, your team will also be afraid. So you set the example. You're the leader. You're the one that sets the pace and sets the mindset. So you need to really be sure you're talking about this in a way that is very very positive and not negative. And so your team can see it as an opportunity. So you need to identify what the positive things are in the changes that are happening. And the fifth behavior that you as a leader need to implement is to be transparent with your team. 
acknowledge their feelings, show empathy for them. So for our caller that, or our person that, our listener that wrote in the question after the break about knowing that her direct report is in denial, one of the behaviors that you can show that person is empathy. You can acknowledge their feelings, acknowledge that it's a scary time, it's a time of ambiguity. And that will go a long way. So you, you need to do that and also be very transparent with your team. Communicate whatever you can to them, whatever knowledge you're allowed to tell them, let them know. Because the biggest part about change that is so fearful is that people have no knowledge. They don't know what's happening. They don't know what's coming. So share with them whatever you can at any point. So those are five main behaviors that you as a leader can implement within yourself that will help you with your team. Now let's look at another case study about my client, George. He was a manager and he had 10 direct reports. And the behaviors I just read off to you are the key behaviors that George developed over time. And again, I said over time, this cannot happen overnight. That's why you've got to be proactive about it. Now, He managed these 10 customer service associates in a call center, and the company was implementing a new call system, as well as new metrics to measure the team's productivity. So they were moving from individual performance metrics to a team concept of measurement. And the team was really nervous about this and very upset because they knew that their performance metrics were dependent upon everyone else on the team. So in coaching, we focused on George's own skills and behaviors and how he could help the team. And this is how he handled it. George knew that he had his work cut out for him. So he assessed his own self-care practices. Now for him, the self-care was sleep, exercise, a lot of self-reflection, making sure he didn't overwork himself, and watching out for his own signs of burnout. So a lot of self-awareness. And this is really important for all you leaders out there. You've got to monitor your own ability to deal with ambiguity and change. He also knew about the five stages of change, the five behaviors, and he assessed where he was at. Then he assessed where he thought each of his 10 direct reports were at. Now, of course, this was his own subjective opinion, but sometimes that's all you can do in the moment. And we worked on this in coaching. He he really was reflecting deeply on the behaviors of each of his 10 people and where he thought they were at. We then discussed things that he had done in his recent past that were out of his comfort zone. Because remember, that's one of the behaviors is to get out of your comfort zone. So a lot of times people need validation that they've been through change before, they've been out of their comfort zone before, and they survived it and it went fine. So we went through that exercise in coaching. We assessed his recent past in his personal life and recent past in his professional life of all the things that have happened that 
put him out of his comfort zone. And that helped him prove to himself that he could handle uncomfortable change. Now, some of the things that he did in the past were traveled internationally. That is truly putting someone out of their comfort zone when you travel internationally. He had also done public speaking at work. So again, something that made him feel really uncomfortable, but he was able to do it and make it through successfully. He was also in the process in his personal life of learning a new language. So something else that was hard and out of his comfort zone. And then one of the other things that he identified, which might seem kind of minor to most people, and even to him it did at first, was that he had started having more meetings with people in the C-suite at work. Now for him, because of his personality and because he was such an introvert, meetings with people in the C-suite were extremely uncomfortable for him. But he had started doing more of that because that's one of the things we were working on in coaching. And he was very successful at those meetings. So these are things he never would have realized were putting him out of his comfort zone. And when we looked back and reassessed and reevaluated what he had been doing, we came up with all these things. And he realized that throughout many months, he had been steadily dealing with change and putting himself in situations that were really scary and uncomfortable. So that helped him to reestablish his confidence that he could deal with this change that was happening. He could deal with it himself. And then we talked about all the ways that this call center change at work could be positive, not only for his team, but for the company. So this goes back to the behavior of shifting the mindset to something from something negative to something positive. And he did come up with a lot of things that made this change extremely positive. So that was something that really helped him look at the change as a almost a way to be excited about it because he tried to look ahead to the final vision of the change and what would happen once everything changed and settled in. And it looked pretty positive to him. So the other step he took, which involves communicating with the team. So this was the fifth behavior that I talked about a few minutes ago, being transparent with your team, acknowledging their feelings. He had a very open conversation with the team. And during that conversation, he educated them on the five stages of change. So those five behaviors we went through in the first segment of this show, he educated them about burnout, self-care. He helped them see the strategic view of the change and why it could be so positive. He shared information with, with the team as much as he could about the upcoming details of the change. And he offered time during team meetings and during one-to-ones to listen to their fears and their concerns. And I cannot emphasize that enough. As a leader, one of the things you can do is create various forums 
where your team can gather and talk about the change that's coming up and voice their fears and their concerns. And he did that in one-to-ones with them and in team meetings. So for the leaders out there, be sure that you are establishing plenty of opportunities to talk to your team and to let them share, because that is really important. And I think it's one of the huge success factors of getting your team through change is to let them talk and to listen and to validate their feelings. Now, this was a great starting point for George and the team, but he also decided to implement some best practices that would help his team embrace change in the future. And we're going to pause for a quick break right now. But when we come back, you'll hear about those best practices. You have been listening to Leading with Intention on the Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Are you ready to unlock your full potential as a leader? Look no further than MD Consulting. Monique Dagneau, executive coach, best-selling author, and captivating public speaker, is here to guide you towards transformational success. With a global reach, Monique empowers executive leaders and HR professionals through engaging presentations at conferences, team-building activities, and industry gatherings. Monique's mission is clear, to revolutionize workplace behavior. She achieves this not only by coaching a diverse clientele, but also by educating corporate leaders through both virtual and in-person events. Well, thank you so much for being here to help us understand. As a recognized subject matter expert, Monique delves into crucial topics, such as psychological safety, onboarding strategies, effective training methods, and mastering time management skills. Now for a great topic that we're going to delve into. Ready to learn more? Request Monique's Speaker One Sheet or secure her for an engaging speaking engagement by sending an email to monique at mdconsultingglobal.com. Don't miss this opportunity to elevate your leadership journey with Monique Daniel and MD Consulting. Unleash your potential today. Visit www.mdconsultingglobal.com or email monique at mdconsultingglobal.com to take the next step towards transformative leadership. MD Consulting, where success begins. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Welcome back to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Have a question for Monique or her guests? Email Monique at Monique at MDConsultingGlobal.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Monique talking to you today about the skills and behaviors that leaders can develop to successfully lead their team through change. Let me address this listener's question, and then we'll talk about some best practices to really embrace change in a proactive way. So this listener wrote in, when a manager assesses where their direct reports are at in the five stages of change, do they do that for each team member 
or for the team as a whole? My answer to that is that you need to do it individually because, like I said, everyone is going to be in a different spot as far as these behaviors and how they are handling the change. So you do it individually based on your own opinion of what you're observing, but then you want to confirm it with them in your upcoming one-to-one. So in a private setting, you want to have these individual conversations with them. And the important thing is that no matter what stage they're at, you want to offer the appropriate support and resources, like we've already talked about with the previous uh, steps that I took you through. All right. So now I want to really talk to you about best practices that you can implement proactively to help you become a change agent. And these best practices can also help your team. So you can mentor your team on these also so that you've got a whole team that's on the same page. Now, here's what George implemented. And these are things you can do too. Proactively stay abreast of industry best practices. Now, if you're in an industry, especially if it has rapid change, You want to stay on top of that by understanding what is happening throughout the rest of the industry. And you can do that by reading industry magazines, going to conferences. Networking is huge. Keep up with what's happening out there by talking to other people. Establish relationships and allies with people and learn about the competition. Learn what the competition is doing. Many times the competition will be way ahead of your company. So that is normally seen as a bad thing, but you can turn that around really quickly by leveraging what they've done and trying to stay abreast of that. Look for change and ways to innovate. So purposely look for change. Do not let yourself get comfortable. Stay ahead of change, prepare for it. If you initiate a change, it's not so scary versus if it, quote, happens to you. So that's something really important because if you can initiate it, it feels more like you have control over it. You might not have control over it. I mean, that depends on what the change is and all your other behaviors, But many times it gives people more a sense of control if they are the ones to initiate it. And if you can't initiate it, at least be involved with the people who are initiating it. And that way you can be privy to information and, again, knowledge helps things to feel not so scary. One of the things you can do for your team is to implement cross-functional learning. So many team members start to worry that they will lose their jobs when change happens. And you want to try to eliminate that worry for them. Now, some sometimes it still happens. You, you may not be able to control that part of it, but you can help control their worry. So proactively cross-train your team. Make sure they all know each other's skills, 
make sure there's peer mentoring going on, make sure they're helping each other, they're collaborating with each other. You want to empower them through training. Because once again, I go back to knowledge. The more knowledge people have, the more comfortable they feel, the more confident they feel. So you always should be working with your team to empower them, train them, mentor them, and build their skill set. Gather information about the change. So we talked before about sharing with your team whatever you can and create the forums to be able to talk to them. And there will be things you are not allowed to share. Make sure they know that too, that you cannot share certain things, but the things you can share, share it. Psychological safety is very important during times of change. So one of the ways to establish psychological safety is to communicate and be open and transparent. And as long as your people know that that's what you're doing, they will trust you and they will be able to handle the change much better. Assist with the change initiative. So get involved, stay in the loop, get out of your silo, use as much innovation and creativity as you can to help with the change and get your team involved in it. Don't just volunteer yourself, but volunteer your team to do whatever is necessary to help with this change initiative. Have a flexible mindset, shift your mindset, have a lot of patience because change takes time before the dust settles. So just know that it does settle at some point and then you'll go through this period of like calmness in the company and then change will happen again. And that's the way it should be. Companies should always be changing and innovating, but help your team to learn to reframe this change from something perceived as negative to something positive and balance continuity with change. Like I just mentioned, there will be times of calmness and then times of change. So it shouldn't be constant change. And if you look at your current situation in the workplace, I think even though it probably looks like it's constant change, there are probably times of more balance and continuity. And there should be because you have to have time to evaluate the change. That's part of the change cycle is to make the change let it settle and then evaluate how that went because leadership might find that some change should not have happened or that more change is needed. So that balancing between continuity and change is really, really important. So these are some of the best practices that you can implement in advance. Now, again, as the leader, you set the example, and that's really important for you to understand. So if you have a hard time dealing with change, you've got to get over it, and you've got to follow some of these guidelines that I went through today, because it's not only your responsibility to deal with change yourself, but it's also your responsibility to help your team deal with it. And the practices I've talked about today will help you do just that. It all starts with you as the leader. You're setting the example. 
And then you work with your team over time to help them, you know, adapt these best practices. And it does not happen overnight. So don't wait for a major change to happen before you start working with your team. Start implementing these things ahead of time so they can adopt the best practices. And then when the change happens, they will feel more prepared. They will feel more supported by you as the leader. Now, I've talked a lot in separate videos and separate interviews about some of these individual practices that I mentioned today. And I really encourage you to download the material that's part of this episode today because it walks you through all the things I've mentioned, all of these behaviors, the stages of change, the best practices that we recommend to become a change agent. And then if you have any trouble with that, or if you're really dealing right now with a lot of change in the workplace, I really encourage you to reach out to me. I may either have additional resources that could help you, or we can schedule a breakthrough session and see what it is you're you're dealing with so that we can possibly work together. But really look at this as a, a team effort for you and the team. And it's very, very important for them to learn these skills too. And I go back to the title of this episode today that not adapting to change will get you fired. And if you really want to keep your job and be known as a valued leader in the company, and if you want your team to also keep their jobs and be known as a valuable team, you will really embrace these skills and learn them for yourself and help your team to learn the skills too. So it's really, really important about that to, to really take this seriously. And I know in coaching, a lot of my clients come to me with these very same problems. They, they know that it's not a strength of theirs to deal with change and they see their company going through many layoffs and they're worried that they're going to be next because they're, they haven't really been able to what, what they consider step up and be able to kind of roll with the punches as the change happens at work. They, they just are very, very uncomfortable with ambiguity. So as you saw in some of the case studies, you saw how some of these people handled things and try to be the one that is on the successful side of the change. Now, you have been listening today to Leading with Intention on the Voice America Business Channel. I've got a couple of announcements as we wrap up here. I invite you to go to my website, which is where you can download the notes from this show. And there's also a resource page there where you can download a lot of free resources that will help you be a better leader. I've got a blog that comes out twice a month, all about leadership. Uh, there's a YouTube channel where I have very short, brief videos on a lot of different leadership topics. 
And I really invite you to take advantage of all of that. And most of all, keep listening to this show because it's got a lot of great information for you. My guests are subject matter experts in their topics. So between their topics and my solo shows, I'm really hoping to give you the resources and the support that you need so that you can be a better leader in the workplace. Today, we've discussed how to become a change agent and how to train your team to embrace change. We've discussed the five stages of grief and change, healthy behaviors to develop, and some best practices to implement in, in a proactive way. So for more information on this topic, definitely go to my website at www.mdconsultingglobal.com or email me at monique at mdconsultingglobal.com. And keep tuning in each week for more strategies and techniques that will help you lead better. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. We will talk again next week. And until then, don't forget to lead with intention. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Leading with Intention. Our intention is that you walk away from this show today with new tools, techniques, and insights that help you lead more effectively and have greater impact within your company. Until we talk again, have a great week.